Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. On today's episode, we got Chris Dawson with us to break down week 12 of the NFL season. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Once again, that's on Twitter at Cash Gritty. What's going on, Chris? How did week 11 go for you? Hey, Al. Um, Everything went according to plan for the most part. Nice. Um, Started out Thursday with the Browns. Had the Browns front to back on that one. Started out three and with taking them in the first quarter, the first half, and the full game. Nice. Came back on Sunday and went 2-2 two and two, uh, with a push. Uh, cashed on the Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, lost on the Eagles, the Buccaneers. Pushed on the 49ers. Miracle push there at the end. <laughs> and then uh, Monday uh, ended the, the week 1-0 and oh with the under. So 6-2 and two for the week to continue the the green season. Nice, nice. Very, uh, very hot last two weeks over here for you. So that that's great news for our sports predictor customers over here. Now I know uh, you, you know you started off the discussion there with the Browns game. Uh, what, what's your takeaway with this whole Miles Garrett Mason Rudolph thing? Uh, we we even had a little news come out today. Garrett saying that Rudolph called him a racial slur. Uh, Rudolph saying that is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, what's your whole takeaway from all this? Um, well, I guess. For the time being, while or at the time of watching the game, you know it's it's um, an unfortunate, entertaining circumstance. But um, you know, overall, it's it's of course a negative for both teams, especially at this time of the year, because they'll be without important players moving forward. Um, you know, as for the whole thing, you you kind of have to put yourself in in each guy's really in their shoes. It's it's easy to say, you know, how could you do that? Or, you know, I would never do that. You couldn't do that. But you have to think as if you did and, and what the reasonings were. And, um, I, you know, Mason Rudolph is a victim here, and, and you really can't um, put too much weight on his shoulders. But he got up, uh, charged after a guy who's being held by two Steelers, you know, which even though Miles Garrett is a big and powerful man, that has to feel somewhat threatening. Um, to be to be being uh, restri- restrained and then also have attackers coming after you. So, I mean, I think the league has to discipline everybody involved. And and um, just to reiterate, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for both teams because they're really battling back to get to the playoff spot and they're going to be missing some key pieces, um, you know, in the short term for the Steelers and in the short and long term for the Browns. So it, it, it was unfortunate for, um, you know, both teams, but – it is what it is, and it gives us something to talk about uh, throughout the week as we get ready for another week of games. Yeah, I like how you put those unfortunate entertainment. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, honestly, the game was over, so uh, I still had it on, on one of my TVs, and it was watching. I was actually uh, FaceTiming uh, my adult son from from the East Coast, and um, so it gave us something to talk about for a minute because it, it all happened right then. It was, hey, make sure you turn the game on and, and see what's going on. And But, you know, on the flip side, um, the next morning you start reading it and watching it over and over. It starts getting kind of disgusting. And, um, you know, I, I'm not real fickle about 
those type of little things. But, you know, it, it is unfortunate that we watch it and we get entertained and all lathered up. And then, you know, throughout the week, we, we, we realized that it was just kind of an embarrassment for both those guys. I just, I just wish Garrett would have went with the stance of, hey, I was trying to put his helmet back on his head, you know? Yeah, that could that would that, that would definitely would have been a a funny angle, and um, you know I, I really don't think it's part of his character. I think it was a very emotional moment, and yeah. um, and again, I you know there's no justification for doing that, but you know we've all seen the tape over and over, and Miles um, Garrett was being restrained by Steeler players, and Mason Rudolph made you know not just a bad professional decision, but um, from you know I guess from a street fighter standpoint, uh, you know, you lost, you're going to lose. There was no reason to run back in there and, and, and try to rally back up. So, you know, you got to hold him somewhat accountable too for right. uh, pouring gasoline on a fire that was already lit. Yeah. All right. So aside from that, you know, Thursday night debacle, uh, any other major takeaways that we saw from week 11? Um, I don't think anything that's, you know, really stand out. It's, a great time of the year as a handicapper and a football fan, because this is, you know, do or die for so many teams. And, um, you know, we, we spoke of it last week with the Browns and, and, uh, the Falcons and, and then the Buccaneers and some other teams who are really on the brink of, of this being, um, you know, a season that's over for them. So I think that'll still be the storyline, uh, for the rest of the year as we move forward is, um, who's going to remain in the hunt and who's getting knocked out. All right. All right. Let us uh, get into week 12. Uh, big week here in the NFL. Just as you mentioned, a lot of teams uh, with their seasons on the line and, uh, you know, all sorts of things that uh, we need to take into account. So uh, let's start it off with Thursday Night Football, where we've got the Colts at the Texans. we got the Texans as three and a half point favorites. Uh, total actually saw it at open at 46 and a half, go to 45 and a half. Now we're sitting on 46. Nice little ping pong back and forth there. Uh, what do you see from this game? Well, it's, you know, the line is a kind of an indication here um, that the Texans are, are possibly the play for the simple fact is you know, the Colts have, have owned the Texans. I, I'm not real sure. I think they've, you know, it's something crazy, maybe 29 and eight or something like that. Um, and they've won three in a row, uh, including, you know, last year year's wild card game that was in Houston and then we also have the Texans coming off just that embarrassment loss at Baltimore uh, on the bye week so saying all this we'll, we'll definitely make this one of the free plays for the week I'm doing something similar with it that I did with the Browns um, last week with uh, just one alteration I, I'm taking the Texans to come out here early um, very motivated playing downhill fast so I'm on the Texans' first quarter money line. Never like really laying points in the first quarter. I don't do a lot of first quarter bets. Mm -hmm. And then also taking the Texans' first half minus three at plus 101. I think that um, both of these lines will be uh, better off to take closer to game time. You know, I expect T.Y. Hilton to play for the Colts, and they're making it a game time decision, so I wouldn't – doubt that we don't hear an actual clarification until closer to kickoff and uh, because of the impact he has on the Colts I think we can get more value on the Texans one thing I changed from last week with the Browns just really can't trust uh, an O'Brien coached Houston team in the fourth quarter that's just very <laughs> scary for me so I'm, I'm going to try to get it in and out of this quick um, with the first quarter in the first half 
you know, the Texans, I, I, I see them maybe possibly building a double-digit lead by halftime. Um, but again, um, I like the coaching matchup to favor the Colts, uh, especially over the course of four quarters. So the Texans could, you know, I could see them easily blowing this three and a half out of the water. Uh, but if it is a close, um, you know, 10-point to, to one score game in the fourth quarter, I, I really don't want to. Uh, have O'Brien in that situation. So the play for me, first quarter money line minus 150 uh, on the Texans and the first half minus three at plus 101. Wow. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm here in the New York market, but uh, Michael Kay, who is the uh, play-by-play guy for the New York Yankees, he's got his own radio show out here. And I think he mentioned it yesterday. It was where you know, they were talking about, like, you know, you got to wonder if Bill O'Brien was ever given a, a, a timepiece or a watch as a child because he's just, you know, he has no management of time. So, uh, you know, I thought that that was a funny, uh, you know, anecdote going into this game. So, yeah. Yeah, I, he's, you know, he's in the bottom half of the coaches in the league. Yeah. You know, he is. He's just had very, very talented teams and, uh, and a very good defensive coordinator to lean on as well. But um, he's just not that good of a football coach. Now, so uh, also another big injury, too, that we're going to see, Marlon Mack. Uh, he's out indefinitely with a broken hand that he suffered last week. Uh, you know, I guess that goes into your thinking, too, with uh, the Texans playing well in this one. Well, I, I think the Colts will be able to run the ball, um, especially as the game opens up. You know, their offensive line paves the way. And with T.Y. Hilton definitely uh, putting the Texans in situations on, you know, third and five pluses where they'll, they'll, they'll likely have um, – play two safeties deep um, because of the tight ends in the middle of the field and also T.Y. Hilton. So I do think the Colts will be able to run the ball uh, without Mac. But um, again, I think just motivation early on, the Texans will be playing very fast and downhill on defense. So um, I think it'll be more of a four quarter thing with the Colts running the ball. All right. All right. Let's get into Sunday afternoon. We got some interesting ones there. Let's kick it off out in Philly where the Seahawks will be traveling there. Uh, they are going to be two-point dogs here against the Eagles. We've got a total at 48. Now, this is pretty interesting because this was initially supposed to be the Sunday night game, got flexed out in favor of the Packers at the 49ers. So do you see this time differential being an advantage for the Eagles since they're getting that, that West Coast team coming east at 1 o'clock? Not at all. We okay. have the Seahawks coming off of a bye week. So okay. I, I I do think that kind of cancels out some of the, um, you know, time lapse in that I, I haven't really done any investigation to see, you know, what the Seahawks travel schedule is and, and things like that. But I think coming off the bye week that will kind of wipe out that a uh, little bit of a time difference um, for the Seahawks. So um, in regards to that angle, I, I don't see much with it. Okay. Are you, you surprised to see the Eagles favorite here? No, not at all. This really? is, um, this is, Really, I wouldn't say a do or die for the Eagles. You know, we've seen them get hot and pick up lots of wins in a row, but we have them sitting here at five and five. Uh, the wild card, you know, they're definitely in the hunt with it, but with Seattle and Minnesota sitting in the driver's seat and then a lot of people fighting um, behind them, especially the Rams at six and four, you, you feel like the Eagles have to win here yeah. and, and, and get this win at home. Um, and then again, they get the Seahawks, you know, coming off that bye week, so it'll be tough. But uh, I, I'm not real surprised to see the Eagles favor. They're they're a tough home team. Um, as from a film standpoint, you know, the Eagles' defense is predicated off of a wide nine defensive line, um, which does sometimes 
help contain the edges against quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, who like to run the ball. Uh, the Eagles, again, as we saw against the Patriots last week, are are healthy on defense, and it, it was definitely a big difference from what we've seen earlier in the year. So um, I'm I'm on the Eagles at minus two. Probably won't punch the the actual ticket until. Saturday night or Sunday morning, I think we'll definitely get some Seahawk backers come in late in the week and possibly push this down to, you know, Eagles minus one or, or maybe even even. So um, now I, I'm, I'm liking Philly at home. I think this is a, a big game for them and the offense will probably look better um, just for the simple fact that they you know, have a very offensive minded head coach who, who is a great game planner and they basically just looked horrible against uh, New England on offense, lots of drop balls and, and things that are fixable. So I, I'm all over the Eagles here, minus two. We're looking at you, Nelson Aguilar, right at you, yeah, buddy. No, yeah, rough, rough week for Nelson. Yikes. All right. Uh, any any play on the total with that one? No, I, I, you know, because of the Russell Wilson effect in this regard, you know, you, you can see the, the where – in my flow of the game, I, I think the Eagles come out and get off to a fresh, hot start. And if the Seahawks end up going down by double digits or something in the first half or early second half, you could really see them start to get a little, I wouldn't say no huddle, but a little quicker tempo on offense. And Russell Wilson is um, definitely understands time management in those kind of situations and would be looking to push the ball downfield. So um, it, it could get a little fast pace in the uh, second half. I, I now, I'm not on the total at all, but I did kind of did some research on possibly taking the first half under and then seeing this thing open up the second half. But I think the better plays on the Eagles, so I'm just staying away from the total. All right, all right. I like that. All right, uh, let's go to my neck of the woods where your Raiders are coming out here to uh, New Jersey to face the Jets. Raiders, three-point favorites in this one, total at 46.5. Can the Raiders keep it going? Well, and, um, and by the way, by the way, nice call on the Bengals there covering against the Raiders last week. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I handicapped the Raiders well. Um, and this week, you can't, I, I can't take the Jets in this spot, but I'm also not going to take the Raiders I'm coming across the country at minus three. Um, this will be one that I'll be watching for a possible halftime play. Okay. I, I, I do still believe in the effects of the look ahead. And we have the Raiders ahead of the Kansas City Ooh, um, nice. after this one. So um, to have them going off to play the Jets um, with some of the same concerns that I had for the Raiders last week in regards to uh, the secondary and their safeties, I believe that they're still having to play a pretty soft shell defense. Um, you know, they were able to get a good pass rush last week, uh, especially with Max Crosby and and that's really what um, you know slowed the Bengals down from from having a chance to steal the win. Uh, but we did see the Bengals be able to hold the ball for a little bit more time than they have in the past with time of possession. So um, my angle here is to stay away, and I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets maybe up seven or ten at the half, try to get the Raiders here at uh, you know even money just to win the game. And um, because again because of the division race and where they're at, they, they really can't afford to lose this game. You know, yeah. if they lose this game, the whole look ahead to Kansas City doesn't mean much. Um, so it's an important, important game to win. But, you know, um, I don't really believe in track games, but I do believe in tough games. And I think with the look ahead of Kansas City flying across the country uh, and playing this Jets team is, is a little bit tough for them. Now, 
I would not take the Jets plus three because similar to some of the other underperforming teams in the league, you know, we could even see them get off to a fast start like the Broncos last week and then just have the Raiders come out, woke up in the second half and, and destroy them and win by double digits. So um, for me, sometimes patience uh, is the most important thing in what we do. And, and for this one, I'll wait and take my chances. Hope we can get the Raiders with some value at, at halftime. And if not, then just pass and, and wait for another one. See, I, and I mentioned it last week. I love when you talk about these opportunities that could happen at halftime, you know, and I think that that's such a, a smart move to, to go off. On. And you're usually spot on with those as well. Now, unfortunately, I got to go to a damn baptism this Sunday, so I'm not going to be, you know, near the TV all day watching football games like I usually do, but I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye out for that one on the scoreboard. And, uh, ah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, uh, you know what? I'm going to be the, the baptisms in Staten Island. Can't even do my bets in New York there. So yeah. gosh, <laughs> yeah. darn it. Might have to make the quick trip right across the bridge in order to do so. So yeah, get some action in. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, this is a pretty interesting one. Uh, we're looking at a Broncos team that nearly pulled off the outright upset, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings last week on the road, uh, going to Buffalo for this one. Bills favored by four, very paltry, uh, 37 and a half total on this one. Uh, now, Look, the Broncos don't have a great record, but they have been playing some pretty solid football. I know two of their losses earlier in the season came down to the final whistle on field goals. Uh, do you think that the Broncos could uh, cover in this one, or are the Bills in a, in a nice position to cover this four-point spread here? Well, as, as soon as that Denver game ended last week, I immediately circled the Bills um, and, and to take them in some kind of angle this week. You know, I expected them. To, to be six to seven point favorites, and although I don't necessarily, I don't take any kind of, um, I don't follow or fade, you know, public action, mm -hmm. but I definitely take notice in regards to the line makers and um, some of the line movements, just in a cautionary. I guess, sense to, to wonder if there's more going on that I don't know about yet. And um, because of the Bills only being minus four, I'm still kind of investigating if it's, uh, you know, I guess as the gambling Twitter people would say, free money, easy money, um, <laughs> or if there's something else, you know, to it. So can't take the Broncos right here. The reason I was looking to fade them this week is, you know, they had their opportunity against Minnesota. When you blow that big of a lead, on the road, especially in a game that was basically a do or die for them when they were coming into that three and six, uh, the second half debacle leaves them at three and seven, you know, they're, they're on the outs, maybe not mathematically, but they're not going to be making the playoffs this year. So you're kind of curious if, uh, you know, a lot of those Bronco players spent the, you know, the, the week, um, preparing you know on travelocity for vacations after <laughs> after the season since they have a better idea what their uh schedule is going to be for the playoffs so it's going to be bills or nothing for me but um again the line makers um have thrown this minus four out there and i feel like there could be uh maybe some possibly angles that i'm missing um even on tape so not going to pull the trigger on the bills quite yet uh, without some more research. I think it's also worth noting that they, um, they have a look ahead too uh, as they play Dallas on Thanksgiving. That's right. Um, just the simple fact of, you know, may not be a super big deal, especially if they beat the Broncos may not be um, as big a deal in regards to their playoff hunt. Um, but 
the Bills aren't used to playing on Thanksgiving and just that whole, you know, traveling and family and everything else should be um, should be something that's taking up some of the time on their plate. So kind of hesitant on the Bills, but I am looking for confirmation to pull the trigger for them to beat up on a Broncos team that uh, mentally just is probably going to be breaking down, knowing that uh, no playoffs this year for them. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Buccaneers at the Falcons, where the Falcons are four-point favorites. Got a total of 51. Nailed it last week with the Falcons. Raheem Morris, you know, making a huge difference there for that defense. Uh, I mean, they have just been absolutely fantastic the last two weeks, uh, you know, since making that move. Now they're going to be facing a Buccaneers team that, you know, they're tripping all over their shoelaces. Jameis, a guy who really uh, just can't stop turning the ball over. Uh, do we going to see more Falcons success in this one? Well, last week I felt like we were getting in um, on the on the Falcons at a uh, pretty much of a fair price. You know, they're they're kind of a hot team that people are looking to back right now. I think this week it's time to sell the Falcons high. Okay, it's a division game. It's going to be close. If you watch the film on the Buccaneers, I mean they're just so close to being right there. Uh, last week there was. Know, a huge penalty in the fourth quarter on a Mike Evans push off that mm-hmm. just did not exist. Uh, also on that play, if, if you really review it closely, you'll see that the the Falcons cornerback was lined up off sides. So it should have been oh, an automatic wow. first down to begin with. Um, so there's just lots of little things that really has been costing the Buccaneers games. But um, I do think this is a division game. This is another one to where, you know, it's, it's certainly do or die for Tampa. They're they're likely on the outside looking in. I don't see them fighting back. Um, well, they're both three and seven, so they're both kind of in that similar situation. Whoever loses is one hundred percent out. Um, so I think it's do or die for both. And I can see this really being a close game, uh, similar to what we've talked about in the past about the flow of the game because of the Buccaneers and the Falcons offenses and inconsistency i think we can see both of these teams at some point in this game have a touchdown plus lead so no matter what side you're back in if you're not real confident in the opening game line you could possibly wait and roll the dice and hope to get in at a better price i'm not going to punch my ticket right now for the simple fact that i expect this line to also go up to you know maybe as high as six as a lot of falcon money comes in late Interesting. Interesting. Now we did see the total go from 53 to 51. Uh, see a big reason for that. Well, I, I think it's because the Falcons, you know, especially on film, the defense looks much, much better right now. So um, they, they really played well against the saints um, in kind of a bender break mode. And then uh, against the Panthers, they were pretty dominant with forcing turnover. So we, we've seen, much better from the Falcons defense. And I can see that that being the reason why it's sliding down, uh, even though the Buccaneers have been having some problems in the past defense, the run defense is still very strong. So it doesn't really surprise me. I'm going to stay away from the total because we have a, you know, Bruce Arians team against a Falcons team that's really lit it up before. So I, I think it could go either way. We could see this game being, you know, into the mid to high twenties for both teams. And then again, it can only take one, you know, a first quarter or a second quarter to where we don't get much scoring that will really bust that and keep it under. So I'm staying away from the over-under. I am going to be all over the Buccaneers with the points. I'm just waiting to pull the trigger because either, A, if we don't get all the way to six and we get to 
Uh, five and a half or five, I could possibly sell some of those points off and get the Buccaneers at four or four and a half. If it does get to six, I'll pay the juice, take the six. Interesting. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at the numbers here. I was shocked. You know, so Jameis Winston uh, against the Falcons, his last six times, just the numbers are incredible. Uh, I believe, I think it's at least in his last four, he's thrown at least three touchdowns. Uh, the quarterback rating has been over 100. I'm not a big fan of quarterback rating, but, you know, it's been over 100, I think, in like six straight games against the Falcons even as well. So uh, a lot of a lot of success there in the past for him. Yeah, no, so I, I, I see the Buccaneers fighting. I don't I don't think they've written off the season yet. Um, and it's easy for them to look at the tape and hear the hype about the Falcons and see that, you know, you win two games in a row and people start uh, buying in and the, and the motivation builds. Um, I think it'll be hard for the Buccaneers to win this game, but, you know, a lot of that has to do with it's going to come down to the very end and Jameis Winston just, you know, I'm a fan of Jameis Winston, but, you know, from a handicapping standpoint, uh, he does have trouble taking care of the ball. So I would much rather just have the points here. Um, going down the stretch, but I wouldn't write off the Buccaneers yet. I think people are really uh, buying in hard to the Falcons and, and that's a lot of value in this line is what we've seen the last two weeks. I mean, this game should probably be a pick em, um or, you know, Falcons minus one. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear as a fan. Cause I'm not one of these people. Like, oh, let's tank to, you know, get a higher draft pick. I mean, after all, we did get Mike Evans with the seventh overall pick. So, you know, it's just a matter sure. of how, the, how draft shake out and whatnot. So, all right, uh, let's talk about uh, a couple more 1 o'clock games. We've got the Dolphins at the Browns. Well, it's funny because we only have two 4 o'clock games this week, so most of these are going to be from the 1 o'clock window. But uh, Dolphins at the Browns here. Uh, Browns, 11-point favorites in this one, total at 44.5. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning. Obviously, we're not going to have Miles Garrett for the Browns in this one. Could be a detriment to the defense there. Uh, you know, Obviously, Browns, three extra days to prepare coming into this one. Uh, what, do, what do you like on this? Well, um, you know, I, I, I'm always looking weeks ahead. So we had the Browns last week. We had the Browns the week before. And the plan was to take the Browns as a big favorite this week to go back to the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph. Um, it ruined that pick for me. So, you know, not going to take the Dolphins here. Still, just even though they are playing better, we know that the season's over and and hard to say what their you know emotion and mental state is coming into Cleveland. I do see Cleveland winning this game, but because of the losses to the defensive line um, and the Dolphins' ability to score at times with Fitzpatrick, they could possibly keep it close, but. Again, not betting the Dolphins here, not willing to lay with the Browns. So, unfortunately, we'll, we'll have to scrap this one and keep our eyes on it for NFL Sunday. Um, maybe there's a time I can jump in, but at this point, I don't really see any any kind of flow or angle even for that. So, this one will probably just be scrapped off my board. All right, fair enough. Uh, hey, with the Dolphins and the Browns, real quick with it, no problem to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Lions, three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Redskins with a 41-and-a-half total. Anything here? Haven't, haven't even really looked into this one yet. It's definitely, you know, uh, lower on, on my um, watch list. So I, I, I don't have much angle for this at this time. Uh, it is a game that I haven't really researched real hard yet, so that could change. and. 
I don't want to necessarily say I won't have any kind of play, but you know, the Redskins are kind of dead in the water. So we already know there's, there's not much to back with them and, and the lines are on their way there as well. So, I mean, I honestly haven't even got to check the injury report for the Lions. I know that's a, that's a big deal for this game. Uh, any updates on Stafford or what's going on there? Uh, not for mine. I mean, still the same thing with, you know, same thing. Yeah, my, yeah. you know, week to week, whatever the case is. And, you know, I think it, especially with the Lions, you know, it's going to see them on a short week here with them coming up with Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I, I could see them being a lot more cautious with Stafford. Sure. And I, I guess if anything here, similar to what I'm saying with some of the other games um, and, and don't mark this down as something to keep an eye on, but um, some of my research will look to see if, you know, Possibly, I want the Lions second half if, if they come out and look rough in the first half, and uh, because they do have the better defensive team, and I mean technically they're you know still in the hunt at three six and one, so um, maybe lo- lo- looking at jumping on the Lions second half, they get off to a bad start, but I'm not even sure about that yet. All right, fair enough. Uh, I know we didn't touch on I think three or four of the one o'clock games. Any any that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I think the only really one that we didn't touch on worth noting might be the. Uh, Giants at the Bears, and the reason for that being is uh, kind of the theme so far of the week is that the Bears are in a do or die. They're sitting here at four and six. They have the Giants coming to town. This is a must win. You know, at last check, I think we have the Bears at minus six. Yep. I don't really see. You know, the Giants are coming off a bye week, but uh, they're just a mess right now. (laughs) I mean, they, they they the coaching just. I don't want to really bash the coaching because they have a rookie quarterback, and I think the plan is beyond this year in regards to some of their scheming and game planning and things like that. Um, but I, I could easily see the Bears getting on track here and beating uh, the Giants by double digits, even coming off a of bye. So I, I think, um, like some of the other teams that we've seen, I think the Bears uh, understand the pressure of the situation and come out and really get after Daniel Jones and uh, pull out a double-digit win here against the Giants. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, let's get to some real football games now. All right, in the 4 o'clock window. Seems like that's where most of the action is in this one. Uh, probably the, eh, I guess, the undercard to the main event for this weekend. Uh, we got the Cowboys at the Patriots. Patriots six-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Uh, total at 46. Now, this is only one of uh, two games here in the 4 o'clock window. But, obviously, this is probably, you know, the one that, you know, everybody going out on Sunday afternoon is going to want to watch. Are you surprised to see the Patriots favored this highly? No, the Cowboys' defense um, has just been a disappointment this season. Uh, Last year, their defense was lights out, uh, one of the elite groups in the league. And we just haven't seen it uh, this year. Now, the Cowboys on offense do have a great recipe. Um, if there is a great recipe against this New England defense and, you know, they have a mammoth offensive line, they are able to run the ball and they have some playmakers on the perimeter. Um, coaching is again, kind of like tonight's game. You know, I'm not against Jason Garrett and I do consider him in the, you know, upper half of the league overall. Um, but when it comes down to the fourth quarter, time management and making in-game adjustments um, with his offense against the Bill Belichick defense could spell trouble. It's a game that I'm not going to be betting uh, before kickoff. It's another one I would like to watch the first half and kind of see how things develop 
and then possibly get in on the second half. Um, a little bit of a different angle here. You would think the script would be, hey, maybe we get the Patriots, you know, to win the game at halftime with a little bit of juice or something like that. Um, I would prefer to see maybe the Patriots up two scores at the half and getting the Cowboys with a little bit of extra value, um, possibly try to find them with, you know, 10 to 10 and a half because Belichick does coach to win the games. And if he's up double digits in the fourth quarter, I could see the Cowboys possibly getting a, a backdoor cover here on the six, six and a half. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, any, any sort of uh, interest in that other four o'clock game? Or uh, was that uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee? Yes, I oh. think that's one of the games a, of the a, day. A demonstrative, yes, I like it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we have the Titans uh, coming off a bye week at five and five. We have the Jaguars who um, got Nick Foles back, looked really bad last week at four and six. I mean, this is a playoff game. You yeah. know, uh, both teams have, of course, uh, very division heavy schedules left. So. The Jaguars, if they lose, they're done. If the Titans lose, they're not quite done, but they got one foot in the grave. So I think it's going to be um, probably the 4 o'clock game I'm watching uh, with more intent over the Cowboys-Patriots uh, just for that fact that you know the intensity level of some of these do-or-die situation games are, are, are you know just worth watching. Um, in regards to how that game will play out, I haven't made a final determination yet. I'm kind of leaning towards the over. You know, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have not really been able to run the ball, which is what they want their identity to be. It shouldn't get any easier running against the Titans this week. So I do think the Jacksonville Jaguars will have, um, I wouldn't say an air raid game plan, but I think they look to throw the ball more this week. And as for the Titans um, coming off of a bye week, I think the offense might look a little bit crisper. So the over 41 and a half could possibly be a play, but it's still something I'm looking into. Very, very interesting there. All right. Sunday night football. Big, big game for NFC supremacy where we've got the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers as three-point favorites are the home team. Uh, Over-under. 47 and a half, which actually jumped two points from the initial 45 and a half. I honestly, I got my hands up in the air. I don't even know what to think about this game. You're the expert. You probably got a lot more, uh, a lot more to say about this one. So let's have it. Well, the 49, or I guess we should say the 49ers got very lucky last week. They, they were sleepwalking um, against Arizona early in that game. Uh, if you recall last podcast, I was, saying that you know the Cardinals are possibly the play here because of that exact reason I, I switched courses and took the 49ers last week at minus 10. Um, my initial angle in the game was was more correct but of course the 49ers were able to um, beat a underhanded and undercoached Arizona team so I, I, I think there there'll be a awake this week they're not going to you know be sleeping against the Packers. And then we have Green Bay coming off the of bye week, Aaron Rodgers prime time. We, we know all the storylines there. My um, What I'm looking at here is the over-under. The 49ers defense is, of course, legit, and the Packers are as well. I think the under is definitely in play. Uh, one of the main reasons being I don't think the Packers want to become 
one-dimensional this week against that San Francisco pass rush. I'm very confident that the Packers will look to establish the run, and even if it doesn't work early, stick with it late. Um, Also, for the 49ers, you know, that's their bread and butter is starting that run game and then looking to come play action off of that. I can see this one getting off to kind of a slow offensive start um, and then picking up later on. So I'm I'm looking to pull the trigger on the under here. Uh, You've already mentioned that it is moving. Some of that is because of, you know, the 49ers are scoring tons of points. And then we have Aaron Rodgers off of the bye week. So it'll be something I probably won't pull the trigger on until closer to game time as I see the number continually going up, uh, possibly ending, you know, maybe 48 and a half or 49. So the under is going to be the play here. Uh, just what number we get in at will be the only question left. So I heard an interesting point today. Uh, Greg Cosell, guy from NFL Films, you know, does a lot of great work there. And, um, you know, he was asked the question today on Colin Coward's show where they he said, you know, w- when looking at the, the Niners the last two weeks, hell, even the last three weeks, uh, you know, where it kind of mobile quarterback, maybe not mobile quarterbacks, but at least guys that can move around the pocket, possibly giving them a little bit of trouble. Do you see anything like that from the film? In regard, um, I'm sorry, you said the the. 49ers being concerned against the mobile quarterback? Yeah, that may, well, maybe not necessarily a mobile quarterback, but at least guys that could, you know, be elusive in the pocket. Um, you know, I, I haven't picked up much on that uh, in regards to film. Maybe, you know, something I need to keep an eye on or, or do some reviewing against. I, I don't think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers really trying – well, you know, he will he will get on his wheels if he has to. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't think he's going to want to survive off of that this week um, because the 49ers defensive linemen are just fast and ferocious to where he might think he sees a lane or gets away. And then Joey Boza drags him down from behind, um, no, which is always dangerous that. on the legs. Nobody wants that. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I haven't really picked up much on, on, on the game film in regards to 49ers and, and uh, you know, dual threat or mobile quarterbacks. But, you know, I also um, it's not something I guess I was taking a major eye on um, to bring that up and to go backwards to the Texans tonight. You know, a lot of times we'll see these quarterbacks who are able to run and it could be very frustrating when you're backing one of these guys, Aaron Rodgers as well, where you're sitting there watching the game, it's third and four, he drops back. There's a lane right there. He can take the six or seven yards. Um, but these guys are trained, you know, because of health reasons and professionals like Aaron Rodgers, you know, he'll pass on those with consciously knowing that, you know, it's just not worth the hit. It's just not worth the hit. It's just not worth the risk. Right. And I think, you know, I guess just to revert back to Deshaun Watson, it's the same thing with him early in his year and taking hits like that. But in big games um, like tonight, you know, I don't think he'll hesitate uh, to to get out and bust things open. Um, the Packers aren't really in that rush situation. You know, every game is a big game at this point for them. Yep. But this isn't some do or die situation. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to want to really get mobile or outside the pocket against this 49er speed defense. All right, fair enough. All right. Let's cap it off. Monday Night Football. We've got a dandy. We've got the Baltimore Ravens going all the way across the country as three-point favorites to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Second primetime game in a row for these Rams. Uh, Over-under set at 46-and-a-half on this one. Ravens keep it rolling? Or do the Rams finally do their thing? Well, last last week I watched the Rams game and – 
was very impressed with Sean McVay. So, Whoa! Um, Big, breaking yeah, news, folks. Yeah. Breaking news. Yeah, that's breaking news. He did everything <laughs> according um, to the playbook that I feel like that should have been done with that game. You know, we've seen him stick to the run um, very religiously and consistently last week. We've seen him pass on so many, you know, I guess I shouldn't say pass. We've seen him punt the ball on so many fourth and shorts because he knew that the Bears were really just struggling uh, to move the ball, and he played it close to the vest. We didn't see a lot of attempts at big play action, deep balls on first downs. Um, so I was I was impressed with Sean McVay. I think that he did you know, make the adjustments that were needed to get the offense kind of back on track and the team back on track. This is a great game, you know, with the Ravens coming in just fiery and hot against this Rams team. Um, it, it's really going to be hard to determine who's going to win this game uh, or cover the three points. This is going to be probably another Monday night game where I'm going to be hanging on and looking to to possibly find a time to get both these teams plus money. Um, I, I think the flow of the game uh, could go a thousand different directions and because of the Rams' ability uh, to throw the ball and get back in the games against a, a possible, you know, Ravens two deep safety team, if they do get up, would put them, you know, back in a situation to still win if they were behind. Um, also, you know, just because McVay coached a great game last week doesn't mean I'm buying in completely. <laughs> I could easily see him being up two scores here. Uh, taking some, you know, deep ball chances on first down and things like that and, and making some mistakes that would allow the Ravens back in it. Um, so I don't really have an exact flow chart uh, for how this game, you know, will flow, but uh, I could see either team getting up two scores and then allowing the other team to get back in it. So this could possibly be a, a sit and watch and then try to find some value in, in getting whoever gets down early. But um, no final determination yet on Monday night. We'll be updating clients uh, throughout the weekend as things develop. All right, folks, once again, this is Chris Dawson. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Cash Gritty. Uh, lots of great stuff out there throughout the week and on game day that you really need to be uh, you know, focused in on in order to get that green in your pocket. Now, I know uh, we mentioned it a couple times, but we got Thanksgiving coming up here on uh, I got next Thursday. Hell, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's we're, we're there. It's here already. So, uh, any plan yet on, you know, how the content or anything else uh, is going to fall like that for Thursday? Um, well, Thursday is a, is a working day for me. So, um, <laughs> in regards to me and you, and, and I don't know what your schedule is or when you'd like to do the podcast next week. Um, I'm very flexible. I, I'm, you know, most of my family's on the East coast, but, uh, my plan for the day is I'll be here in Vegas and hitting up probably the Caesars buffet for my Thanksgiving dinner uh, and then good. watching, yeah, watching the games, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a sports better through and through. So while most people are excited for some of the other things for Thanksgiving, <laughs> I'm very excited that we have three football games going on. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely be on next week. I'll be handicapping games, putting in 100% uh, into all those details, and hopefully we can all enjoy Thanksgiving together while cashing tickets and eating turkey. Indeed. indeed. Yeah, I, you know, uh, we could probably get the podcast done on Tuesday. That way, uh, you know, we're ready to go for Thanksgiving, and then, you know, maybe for Sunday we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get it done on another date, but. Should be, I'll, I, I'll be, I'll be good to go myself. 
Yeah, I'm actually trying to pull up the schedule here. I um, to see what all we got going on. You know, we we know we have Detroit and Dallas. I think we got maybe the Saints or something on, uh, on Thanksgiving night. Saints at Falcons. Yeah, wow. That could end up being a big game depending on, you know, how things go with the Falcons this week and the Buccaneers. But either way, yeah, I'm definitely uh, definitely all in for next Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll try to do the podcast on Tuesday so we can get some Thanksgiving plays out. And, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, another great week of football right ahead starting tonight. All right. All right, folks, no holidays around here. You're going to get your content. You're going to get your podcast. You're going to get it all. Uh, sportspredictor.com is where you get it all. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, we were talking with Chris Dawson. Follow him on Twitter at CashGritty. And uh, that'll be it. If we don't talk to any guys out there make sure, uh, before next week, make sure you have a happy holiday and all that. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks, Al. Later.